must continue to guide his people. The holy man kept the rest of his vision to himself, for the full meaning had yet to be revealed to him. And then he returned to his teepee to remember his vision with his dyes. On a soft deerskin hide, he painted a circle of buffalo. In the center, he drew the mountain lion, making certain the color of the animal's coat was just as white as he could recall, the color of the eyes just as blue as a sky in summer. When the rendering was completed, he waited for the dye to dry, then carefully folded the skin and put it away. The dream continued to haunt the shaman. It hoped to be given some comforting message for his leader. Grey Eagle was grieving. The shaman knew his friend wanted to pass leadership on to a younger, more fit warrior. Since his daughter and grandson had been taken from him, the leader's heart hadn't belonged to his people. He was filled with bitterness and anger. The holy man could offer his friend little comfort, and no matter how he tried, he couldn't ease his anguish. From anguish came the legend. Grey Eagle's daughter Mary and her son were returning from the dead. The Dakota woman knew her family believed both she and White Eagle had been killed. Grey Cloud, bastard leader of the tribe's outcasts, had deliberately provoked the battle near the river's edge. He'd left bits of Mary's clothing on the riverbank too, in hopes Mary's husband would believe his wife and son had been swept away with the others by the swift current. The tribe would still be in mourning. Though it seemed an eternity to Mary, it had actually only been eleven months since the attack. She'd kept careful count on her reed stick. There were eleven notches now. Two more were needed to complete a full year by the Dakota reckoning. It was going to be a difficult homecoming. The tribe would welcome White Eagle back into the family. Mary wasn't worried about her son. He was, after all, first grandson of their chief, Grey Eagle. Yes, there'd be much rejoicing with his return to the fold. The fear, of course, was for Christina. Mary instinctively tightened her hold on her new daughter. Soon, Christina, she crooned softly to the baby. We'll be home soon. Christina didn't appear to be paying any attention to her mother's promise. The fidgety two-year-old was trying to wiggle out of her mother's lap and off the speckled mount, determined to walk beside her older brother. Mary's six-year-old son was leading the mare down the slope into the valley. Be patient, Christina, Mary whispered. She gave her daughter another gentle squeeze to emphasize her order. Eagle! The baby wailed her brother's name. White Eagle turned when his sister cried out to him. He smiled up at her, then slowly shook his head. Do as our mother orders, he instructed. Christina ignored her brother's command. She immediately turned to hurl herself out of her mother's lap again. The little one was simply too young to understand caution. Though it was a considerable distance from the top of the horse to the hard ground, Christina didn't appear to be the least intimidated. My eagle! Christina shouted. Your brother must lead us down into the village, Christina, Mary said. She kept her voice soft, hoping to calm the fretful child. 
Christina suddenly turned and looked up at her mother. The little girl's blue eyes were filled with mischief. Mary couldn't contain her smile when she saw the disgruntled expression on her daughter's face. My eagle! The child bellowed. Mary slowly nodded. My eagle! Christina shouted again, frowning up at her mother. Your eagle, Mary acknowledged with a sigh. Oh, how she wished Christina would learn to imitate her soft voice. Thus far, that lesson had failed. Such a little one she was, yet gifted with a voice that could shake the leaves off their branches. My mama! Christina bellowed then, jabbing Mary's chest with her chubby fingers. Your mama, Mary answered. She kissed her daughter, then brushed her hand across the mop of white blonde curls, framing the baby's face.